0: hey everyone what's up and welcome back to the coffee talk podcast i'm kaylin i'm like your online virtual sister or friend who comes here every single week to talk to you about all things motivation mental health mindful living spirituality and just everything in between currently drinking a chai. I started drinking this tea back in September and kind of forgot about it after the fall, and I made myself one the other day because it has a little bit of caffeine to it, but not as much as coffee, and now I'm hooked. I'm really excited about today's video because I want to talk to you about one of the books that has absolutely changed my entire life. My consensus after reading this book is that Not everybody is a highly sensitive person, actually we're gonna learn that a very small percentage of the population or world are highly sensitive people, but I have a sneaking suspicion that a lot of you guys are highly sensitive people too, and that's why we all just like bonded together over here on the internet. But on top of that, I also believe that everybody has obviously sensitivity in them. It's almost like a gauge, and yeah, not everybody has the gauge all the way full throttle, like some highly sensitive people, but I still think that everybody can benefit from a lot of the knowledge in here, even if you yourself are not an, I'm gonna say HSP, so I don't have to constantly say highly sensitive person, but even if you're not an HSP, you might love somebody who is, you might have family members who are, you might have children who are either already or in the future, or just in general, maybe you wanna learn more about just the idea of what it is to be a highly sensitive person. So all of this information is coming from the book that I recently read, towards the end of 2020 called The Highly Sensitive Person by Elaine Aron. The reason why this book changed my life is because I honestly feel like she shifted an entire perspective inside of me of this deeply intrinsic personality trait i have of being very very sensitive and i always used to think that this was a negative thing which understandably because come to find through the book that society doesn't necessarily value sensitivity as a personality trait so those who tend to be very sensitive are often thought of as weak-willed or as just being like too soft or maybe too much too emotional too deep or like too complicated in a lot of ways which isn't actually the truth. And so reading this book just shifted so much of me. It made me stop feeling like I wanted to hide my sensitivity, which is something I feel like I've done since I was a little girl. My sister, who was older than me, and my older cousins, like I always kind of felt like the little crybaby, the one that was kind of left out, or just in general when I would go through things like a little kid would, I remember I would always run to my room and hide to cry because I felt like my emotions were too much for Anybody to really take on. The other really valuable thing about reading this book is that it was incredibly healing for going through the types of bonds you make with caregivers in your earlier years, especially if you're a highly sensitive person or you were possibly raised by highly sensitive people. I've opened up a little bit, not a whole lot, because I feel like, you know, I don't want to like air my dirty laundry on the internet, but I'm not that close with my mom and I don't think I had a healthy bond with my mom growing up. So I feel like even learning about that and understanding how being a highly sensitive person that can affect you growing into my teen years and my earlier 20s and then wondering why Like if I had a crush on somebody, oh boy, it would be fast. Or I would just feel so affected by things like music or noises or crowds or social situations that I didn't necessarily feel like I got to choose or I felt out of control in, which would make me so anxious and so unsure of why I seem to struggle so much in certain situations. Even though I know that I can be super extroverted, I can be super outgoing, but then feeling yourself at like parties, Or when you start getting into that age where people start experimenting with like drugs and things like that That's when I feel like things just hit the fan for me. Like I was like Drugs were never a thing for me because they were too overstimulating Parties were too overstimulating and I slowly just started to become this like hermited version of myself Which I don't complain because it turned into us sitting here today It turned into my job turned into what I do for a living, but I also think that I struggled for a long time with not knowing what to do with my sensitivity, not knowing how to utilize it, and not realizing the certain ways that I already was utilizing it and how it could be better managed. I can tell you work trips I went on, I can tell you traveling trips that I went on with amazing cool people but still feeling that sense of like... In group situations or group settings, like uh, I can feel the anxiety in my chest right now, like knowing I needed to have a place to go recharge or like I was overstimulated and thinking that there was something wrong with me, that I was just like weak-willed or weird or like, an imposter of some sort. So towards the beginning of the book, there is a test you can do where you answer true or false to discover whether or not you are a sensitive person. Now, in order to get the most accurate results from this test, because I'm going to say the questions out loud, answer true or false based on your gut reaction to hearing the question. And just in case you guys want it, I'm going to make a blog post of today's information. So you can go read the questions and do the test again if you want a place where they're all written down. I'm gonna read them off my iPad, that I don't mess them up so excuse me I'm just gonna put my tea down for a moment and we will start our test as follows Question number one true or false. I seem to be aware of the subtleties in my environment Number two other people's moods affect me number three. I tend to be very sensitive to pain Number four I find myself needing to withdraw during busy days into bed or into a darkened room or any place where I can have some privacy and relief from stimulation number five I am particularly sensitive to the effects of caffeine number six i am easily overwhelmed by things like bright lights strong smells coarse fabrics or sirens close by number seven i have a rich complex inner life number eight i am made uncomfortable by loud noises number nine i am deeply moved by the arts or music number ten i am conscientious eleven i startle easily 12, I get rattled when I have a lot to do in a short amount of time. 13, when people are uncomfortable in a physical environment, I tend to know what needs to be done to make it more comfortable, like changing the lights or the seating. 14, I am annoyed when people try to get me to do many things at once. 15, I try hard to avoid making mistakes or forgetting things. 16, I make it a point to avoid violent movies and TV shows. 17, I become unpleasantly aroused when a lot is going on around me. 18. Being very hungry creates a strong reaction in me, disrupting my concentration or mood. 19. Changes in my life shake me up. 20. I notice and enjoy delicate or fine scents, tastes, sounds, or works of art. 21. I make it a high priority to arrange my life to avoid upsetting or overwhelming situations. Twenty-two, when I must compete or be observed while performing a task, I become so nervous or shaky that I do much worse than I would otherwise. LOL. Twenty-three, when I was a child, my parents or teachers seemed to see me as sensitive or shy. So based on your answers, you can basically mark out out of twenty-three how many times you said true, which will basically tell you whether or not you are a highly sensitive person. What does that even really mean? What is a highly sensitive person? You're someone who is basically highly sensitive to the small details around you at all times, whether conscious, semi-conscious, or subconscious. You may get overwhelmed in certain environments or overstimulating situations. And your level of sensitivity is more or less inherited based on how much your nervous system can take. So there might be certain things that trigger your nervous system differently than someone like me, who is also a highly sensitive person. Like, it's a mostly inherited trait, but That said, it does go into how your upbringing can either worsen or support you along your journey as a highly sensitive person. The reason why it's good to know your sensitivity range and to know what things you are really sensitive to is that this helps you then manage your life, empower yourself, and live in a way that is more aligned to just you and who you are. Basically, you want to find that sweet spot where your nervous system is alert and it's being used and it's being utilized, but it's not over aroused over alerted or over stimulated so that you no longer can perform normal tasks or functions like okay You know how sometimes in coffee talks I even like sputter on certain words or like trip up because I can't say certain things like even that I used to trip up about that all The time and think that that was like something that was wrong with me It's literally just a sign that I'm a little anxious or a little overstimulated It's weird like now that I know these things it's so hard not to just feel little pieces of acceptance of things that you now understand about yourself and knowing you're a highly sensitive person is important because now you know that not having enough stimulation will leave you feeling dull and bored so the periods of your life that you felt that way it's usually because you're not getting the type of stimulation that you know you're deeply sensitive to but also, times where you felt a little sporadic, or overwhelmed, or confused, or just just like life was coming on too strong too much at once, and stress was unbearable, it's usually because you were too stimulated, too over the top, carrying too much weight, and not recharging enough.
1: when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com, that's A-N-G-I.com.
0: So if you are a highly sensitive person, then you should know this, you are a very rare breed of human. Elaine Aaron, who is the author of the book, actually did a sample study where she called 300 random people and asked them whether or not they considered themselves to be highly sensitive. And only 20% out of 300 people considered themselves to be moderately to highly sensitive. About 22% said that they were kind of sensitive and 42% said that they were not sensitive at all. So she concluded from her study that most people actually aren't that sensitive, but the problem with this is that that leaves highly sensitive people often feeling a little uncomfortable in certain situations or around certain non-sensitive people, and thus they feel like they are damaged or, you know, powerless or weak, when instead it's just that society as a whole, the population as a whole isn't as sensitive as highly sensitive people are. So it's almost like a catch 22 because that high sensitivity then becomes internalized and it turns into an insecurity rather than something to feel empowered about because you are rare, you are different and yes, you might be more sensitive than some or most really, but each has pros and cons. Normally when you think of successful people and assertive people, people who get things done, people who climb their way to the top, the last trait you usually think of is sensitivity. People who aren't sensitive tend to view people who are sensitive with less value than they're actually worth or believing that they're not capable of what they really are. And it also usually leads to highly sensitive people hiding their sensitivity, covering up their emotions, covering up their senses, covering up the things that they pick up in other people in the world around them or the things they feel about the world around them the things that they know the things that they can sense the deep truths that they can't really tell you how they feel it but they sense it and Instead they suppress that in order to feel like they belong in a more unsensitive world. Now the thing that I found really interesting is that there's usually about two types of HSPs. So the first type of highly sensitive person usually enjoys a simple life. They have basically learned about their sensitivity and they don't activate themselves knowingly. They they know their limits. They stay within it. They live a very happy very simple life. They're usually very calm. They're usually very quiet. They usually have that essence around them that can make other people feel very calm and quiet but the other type of highly sensitive person is someone who basically borders the line of adrenaline of challenging their high sensitivity with curiosity and caution and feeling scared but also kind of thrilled by fear or by chance or by taking a chance or people who tend to basically have an internal war between being highly sensitive and wanting to care for themselves or knowing they're highly sensitive and wanting to push themselves. And that is definitely where I fall in. But if you've made it this far and you're like, I still need more examples, like what is stimulation? What are we talking about here? What is over arousal? What is causing this? What are the types of things that can basically push someone who's highly sensitive? over the top. People who are highly sensitive might not even know this, but they're usually acutely aware to the subtleties going on around them. And they're usually, like I said, either subconsciously or maybe like semi-consciously reflecting on them, even as they go about their day-to-day life. It's almost like your body can register things that maybe your mind hasn't even fully processed yet because that's it, it's your nervous system and it's a very inherited trait and it's doing this very intelligently and often, hopefully, communicating back and forth with your brain so you either know you're picking up on these things or worse off if you don't, but you can definitely learn to become sensitive to your sensitivity. But because of catching on to these very minor details, you might notice things that other people miss. You might pick up on emotions, pick up on messages, pick up on just a general feeling or connect dots or see patterns that other people don't see. Stimulation is really just anything. It's anything that awakes your nervous system and causes your brain to move into action. It causes you to start rummaging through thoughts. There's external stimulation like going to a party, social events, even going to see a movie or going to an amusement park, anything external, going for a walk even is an external stimulation. And there's a stimulation that's outside of your control, like global events, the weather, or someone you know falling ill, or something breaking in your house, or like your car breaking down, things that you just do not have control over. Internal stimulation would count as things like thoughts that you're having, especially deep, intense thoughts, emotions you're having, or things you're feeling deeply, intensely, the types of foods you eat, the types of music you might be listening to, basically anything that causes anything to happen inside your body is internal stimulation, including your thoughts. Then there's the more subtle stimulation, like picking up on people's body language, picking up on people's tone of voice, picking up on just the subtle details in a room, how something is positioned. In the book itself, the author actually uses the example of walking into a room and being able to tell by the way the flowers were arranged, the type of mood the person was in who arranged the flowers. It's basically like the feeling of a place or like deja vu. That kind of feeling is a more subtle type of stimulation. Then of course you have emotional stimulation like anger or falling in love or extreme joy or excitement or being surprised or being scared or like any emotion and last and certainly least is stress simulation so basically anything that causes stress now this can be physical stress on the body this can be financial stress this can be you know anything anything at all having to pay your bills having to know that you're going to enter a conversation that's really stressful or one that you're not really looking forward to like anything that causes stress to accumulate within your mind within your body and within your life now usually when you don't know you're a highly sensitive person your first reaction is usually to withdrawal and this is a very logical reaction and it might happen in ways that you don't even notice that you do for example like i told you most of my life i grew up very highly sensitive not knowing i was a highly sensitive person and thinking that it was something wrong with me i very unknowingly but in a lot of ways like, it's kind of a crazy, intelligent, subconscious thing I did, but created a lifestyle where I didn't have to rely on anyone every single day or put myself in situations where I'd be stimulated by a bunch of people every single day. I basically created a lifestyle and a life around being able to be self-sufficient on my own and not need to go out or do many stimulating things. And. I'm telling you this just because this is something that I've dipped deep into with my therapist before and then reading this book it like clicked it into place where I didn't realize what I was doing while I was doing it but logically with feeling so anxious and overstimulated by life and then feeling so powerless to that overstimulation or anxiety which is what it really was to me i feel like i just unknowingly started to pull back from life and shut my doors and stay inside and hibernate and get really into things that made me feel like i had more of a sense of control which at the time given the tools i had was a smart and logical thing to do other ways of hibernating and isolating is literally by just avoiding doing new things avoiding trying new things avoiding traveling avoiding basically anything that causes you to leave your comfort zone, uh, new people, new relationships. Like it's just, you find ways, everybody finds their own way, but you find a way to basically stay in a place that allows you to feel like there will be no sense of stimulation. So you feel safe. The only problem with this is that usually withdrawal and isolation makes this trait worse because the more that you stop trying new things, the more that you push people away, the more that you avoid situations that make you feel a little bit more activated, the more you build it up in your head and it becomes harder and harder to get back out in the world. And if you are a highly sensitive person, think of it this way. While most people that aren't highly sensitive are out in the world being extroverted, their goal here is to probably spend more time getting into more spirituality, getting into more hibernating solo tasks on their own to learn what's going on within them. You are completely opposite. While you are somebody who is deeply sensitive with what is going on inside of you, deeply sensitive as to what is going on around you and in the world, Your job isn't to devote yourself to hibernating and learning more about spirituality and philosophy and other things. It's actually to take those things that you're naturally good at, that you naturally have the wisdom for, and learn how to be out in the world, learn how to be extroverted in a way that activates you. But again, you also give yourself the chance to recharge so you're able to keep that up. Your job here on earth is to learn how to be out in the world because you already know or have learned a lot of the things that you Need in order to bring them as gifts to the world whereas most people are out in the world and need to be able to learn how to learn themselves how to be alone how to be able to sense things that you naturally do there are pros and cons to both and we're gonna go through all of them just after this quick break So just like anything in life, there are always going to be trade-offs. There's always going to be pros and cons. There's pros and cons to not being an HSP and there's pros and cons to being an HSP. Now let's jump into the pros. I've again listed them off on my iPad and I don't want to miss any of them because I want you to know all of the pros and anytime you let your sensitivity make you feel like you are less than or inadequate or weak, okay? So these are your strengths. Pros. When properly managed, you can use this gift to help the world and we'll get into how in a moment. You're likely to be super creative and artistic deeply understanding of other people and their situations or any given situation and are usually able to be empathetic to all sides or all parties involved. You're just deep in general. Like it's very hard for you not to go deep with people. You have very powerful senses and you're very in touch with your senses, like sounds, sights, tastes, colors, little things like that. You have very unique thoughts and perspectives on the world. You naturally care for other people in the world. Like you don't, you live life more selflessly or you think of others more often than not. You can usually spot mistakes including in yourself and you usually go above and beyond to try and fix them before they become problems. You like to do what's best not only for yourself but for the greater good of everybody whether it's your family or society as a whole. You could do very meaningful work should you choose to use your sensitivity for that. Without distractions you can usually concentrate and zone in deep on something that you're very passionate about. You can often tell when somebody is being dishonest or is being inauthentic even if the person is being dishonest and inauthentic with themselves. So you can usually tell when someone's lying to themselves even if they don't know that they're lying to themselves but then again like Take that as you will because I, everybody knows themselves more than anybody else But you'll know when someone's struggling with something even if they don't realize that what the struggle is And what's causing like disalignment in who they are or how they're showing up in the world You can sense someone's true struggles or problems of others or a situation You can spot or sense underlying patterns including complicated ones that most people don't see And you naturally self-reflect and self-correct without necessarily meaning to so you tend to be very you know, self-aware and you try and correct yourself without even really intending to, or if you do intend to, you probably do this very consciously. Like you like to catch the things that you're doing wrong and stop them from happening. So those are a lot of pros and there's definitely more. Like that was just a little bit of brainstorming plus information from the book, but we could probably sit here and go on about many more based on the unique individual that you are. But of course with pros comes the cons and this is really valuable information because when you learn about which cons identify with you then you can go ahead and basically create a support system to not allow these cons to get in your way So the cons are it's not necessarily a valued trait especially for those who identify as men and I've thought deeply about this because I know people who identify as men that are highly sensitive people and when I learned this knowledge and I sent them this book I thought for a long time how hard it would be or how hard it would have been growing up to be as sensitive as I was and not be like, oh, it's just because she's like I said, girly, which is this like gender thing that we like to just label everything as. And instead it was like there's all of this pressure on people who identify as male or people who are born male and grow up as little boys to not be sensitive at all and how hard that must be. Usually you have troubles sleeping, including falling asleep, staying asleep, or being so overstimulated as you're trying to go to sleep that you do not have good sleep. You have usually disruptions in your sleep somewhere, LOL. Next because you're processing more information than most people you usually get tired or overwhelmed more quickly than other people like in crowds or in situations. And if you're overwhelmed, you tend to need to like disconnect from a situation and go be alone. I can think of concerts I've gone to or parties I've gone to where I was having the best time, even a really good time, but I still needed to like go to the bathroom and just like sit there, take some deep breaths, stare at myself in the mirror, be like, how you doing? You know, just like recharge for a second, just get away from the noise before re entering the situation. Another con can be the longer you stay in an over aroused state, especially if you don't get that chance to like sideline and recharge you can go into extreme over arousal which for me I feel like that manifested as panic attacks and then it can also manifest as deep bouts of depression where you need to literally disconnect from the world and recharge sometimes for days or weeks at a time you can often be seen as weak shy or afraid or timid or too sensitive even if you're not Your mind wanders a lot, so you might seem to people like you're a little like aloof or like lost in your own daydreams. You're deeply affected by other people's emotions, so especially if you get around people who are very emotional and aren't necessarily as sensitive. They might not know that they're rubbing off on you and you might just be absorbing that. Again, too, being as empathetic as you are, sometimes reading things like the news or hearing really sad situations can deeply affect you for days, if not weeks on end. Even sometimes having bad dreams can affect you for days or weeks on end. You're easily overwhelmed when there's too many things for you to have to do at once. You might need more time to deeply understand something before acting on it. You might not necessarily, respond right away you might be like I need to chew on this a bit see how I feel and then respond to what's happening or then take action which again can be a con because it might make you slower to react than most you need more time alone in general which can make people especially close relationships to you feel neglected due to caution you might take longer to learn how to do physical things like all I can think about is growing up as a kid and everybody learning how to do backflips on the trampoline and I just was like way too cautious to try it And then when I did, I hurt myself. You may have difficulty seeing your value, especially at work, which could lead to you not asking for raises, promotions, or not charging people for your services or not charging enough for your services. Basically working hard, but not seeing the value in it. So you don't think you're worth the money. You can be prone to deeper emotions like depression or anxiety. You can be easily distracted or annoyed by small little things like irritable sounds or bothersome things in your environment like pillows or like curtains are crooked. You can be sensitive to medications, certain foods, and other physical stimuli. People may assume that you're shy or more introverted than you actually are. You may take things personally or offensively, like more personally or offensively than you might necessarily need to. Everybody's going to be different, so you might not identify with all of those and cons and there might be more pros and cons to your sensitivity that I'm sure you could probably sit down and punch out if you made a list. Build yourself a lifestyle or kind of think ahead or in advance in order to support yourself in the best way to live your life as sensitive as you are because there's no shame in it. It's a gift really if anything and so if you find the best way to live with that sensitivity trait there's probably so much you can do with it and the world needs you this way that's why you were made this way. I can't just dump all that information on you and then not leave you with any like actionable steps, like ways that you can take this information and utilize it in your day-to-day living. I think that one of the best things you can do if you now know that you're a highly sensitive person is go read the book. But my second thing would be to manage your life through the filter of your sensitivity. So I'm not, I'm still working on this, like I still have not nailed this at all, but I've been trying really hard since reading this book to make my days or my weeks or my schedules flow in a way that don't overstimulate me. For instance, I recently posted a morning routine where I talk about having like a mindful hour where I'm not forcing myself to do yoga, exercise, meditate, and try and read, and like do a million things at once, that's too much. Instead, it's like, okay, I wake up slow, I have an hour, I can do whatever I feel I need in that hour, and I'm able to slowly move into my day in a way that makes me feel like, one, I haven't overdone myself or overworked myself in the morning, but two, like I was softly moving through things so that I feel fresh going into my day and i feel i've taken a deep exhale and i'm ready for a big inhale does that make sense at all and again too when you get to know your sensitivity more you might start noticing lifestyles that you might identify with more for instance learning this information about myself especially at a time where i had just moved out of a city i moved out to like the countryside of ottawa it was really interesting to me too because i thought back on times where i lived in toronto and even just walking down the street, I could feel so much anxiety or tension at certain times and how much I loved being in a big city, but I retreated a lot from it and social events that I would go to and I would be like, this is all great. And I would just need to go home and like, just hibernate for a day afterwards because it was so much stimulation. Which again, isn't a bad thing. Like some people thrive in that environment and there were times I did thrive in that environment when I was in my comfort zone. Like I wasn't too stimulated, but I wasn't not stimulated. But ever since moving here, I've never felt such a bliss point in my life of like all the stimulation I need can happen right outside my back door. And I'm good with that. (laughs) Knowing these things about yourself, you're going to be able to choose a lifestyle or directing your life into a lifestyle that is more aligned with who you are and aligned with your sensitivity. I mean, I'm sure it goes without saying, but finding that bliss point is all about how you take care of yourself, your habits, your sleep in particular, because like I said, highly sensitive people tend to have bad or poor quality sleep or have their sleep quality affected in some way so really focusing in on your sleep routine really focusing in on the types of things that you consume the types of media that you consume uh, the types of energy and people you surround yourself with but making sure that you're not hibernating or isolating too much away from people which i know can be a hard thing to do right now but just staying in touch with people and finding a way to stay present in your life and out there in your life while also recharging. I also don't think I've highlighted enough in today's video how much the book goes into your childhood and how you can reframe your childhood in a way, whether with the help of a therapist or through like journaling and scripting, but reframing it in a way that's positive. For instance, I will use a personal example. Not growing up close with my mom definitely affected me in ways that I was too stubborn to admit for a very long time. But now that I'm older, I've been able to reframe that relationship and that situation in my life that I don't think I would have become this internet sister friend that sits here and talks about all of these things I I like to learn about and just wants to connect with you guys and make you feel like you're not alone or try to guide people because I felt like I didn't really have that much guidance. So that's a positive thing that came out of a really hard part of my childhood and my history. So going through your childhood with a therapist or with yourself and really reframe A lot of the situations where you were maybe highlighted as too sensitive or too much or just in general that you maybe felt like your sensitivity wasn't being accounted for or really taken care of or valued and reframing it in a way that allows you to see how it could be a positive thing even if it was a negative situation. Another thing you can do is to find a mentor and find someone that values your sensitivity, that knows you and understands your sensitivity and is able to help you move through life. So like I said, like my therapist has definitely been a huge mentor for me with really discovering my sensitivity and reframing a lot of the childhood things that I experienced. But you can also find mentors in sisters and families online. You can find mentors as life coaches. You can find there's so many different ways. I honestly, I feel like my top mentors are authors of the books that I read. You don't even necessarily need to meet your heroes. You know, like I feel like I could draw you a list or a, a meeting room table full of authors that would be my mentors that have guided me like I said when I felt like I didn't have the guidance. Another good idea is that when you know you're entering a new stage of life, a new situation in life, or something that's gonna push you a little over the top out of your comfort zone, you can do so with friend or family member. You can really look at your routines and your the different ways that the different needs that you have versus someone that is not an HSP as a form of self-care, as something that you choose to do for yourself because you know it best supports yourself even if it's different from whoever you're married to or who you're with or who you're dating because this is what allows you to show up the best in your life and that is your own form of self-care. Like for instance, I really do think just days on Sundays, came out of being a highly sensitive person too. Like it's like having that Sunday every week to just clean and refresh my life and feel like I'm getting everything together before I enter a new week always made me feel more confident entering my Monday. And That was something that allowed me to feel in control of things that I would be really overwhelmed or sensitive to. Last but not least, but I want to say it's probably one of the most important things that I think you can do as a highly sensitive person, and it really encompasses a lot of the things we've talked about already, but it's having healthy boundaries. And I want to do a whole coffee talk on boundaries because there's so much we could say here. Being a highly sensitive person, you're going to pick up on a lot of things, you're going to pick up on a lot of emotions, and you're also going to deeply care for other people. And so having healthy boundaries, not just with people, but having healthy boundaries in your life too, like highly sensitive people can be prone to substance abuse, can be prone to withdrawal, can be prone to so many different things, but having healthy boundaries with yourself are going to help you keep from draining yourself or overexerting yourself and also keep from certain situations where people might take advantage of your oversensitivity and your Uh, ability to maybe get overwhelmed and miss certain things or your generosity and you're a natural caregiver you're a natural caretaker and you naturally tend to see what people need and then if you are like this you might want to fill that role all the time every single person usually has some sort of like I'm going to say superpower, but it's really just like it, you excel at one thing in particular, and so what you excel at, especially if you're a highly sensitive person and an extremely highly sensitive person at that, probably comes rooted from your high sensitivity. Your only job is to learn how to use this gift in a way that allows you to show up as your brightest and shiniest self in the world. and odds are that answer will likely come from something that you can give to the world through your high sensitivity that allows you to feel like you're either contributing to like I said, the world, or even just your family, or the people you love, or yourself. Maybe you want to become an artist, maybe you want to become a therapist, maybe you want to use your high sensitivity to become a very deeply connected mother, or wife, or husband, or use them to become some sort of spiritual advisor, and an advisor in general. I I don't want to like overstate this in the sense of you need to take the thing that is deeply intrinsically yours and give it away, but it's more so that life will feel most fulfilling when you find a way to take your high sensitivity and use it like the gift that it is to give back to the world or give back to the people around you and hence why the healthy boundaries come in because if you can find the bliss point to do that in a way you're comfortably stimulated and you're using that sensitivity to generate something whether it's helping people process emotions being there for your children seeing the greater needs of the whole world and then filling them in some way, creating art, writing books. Like there are so many things you can do with that superpower and that choice is ultimately yours. So there you have it. That is everything to know, or at least a very shortened version of everything I now know about what it means to be a highly sensitive person. This information has greatly changed my life, greatly changed my course or direction in life, and just really made me change my perspective on something that I used to be very insecure about, which is why I wanted to talk about it today, because I hoped that if you are a highly sensitive person and it's something that you either didn't know about yourself or didn't value about yourself, that that might have changed today. If you have anything you want to discuss, anything you related to, any thoughts, please feel free to comment them so we can all get the conversation going either in the YouTube comments or over on the discord chat, which I will also link down below. And outside of that, I am sending you guys so much love and light. And I'll talk to all of you guys over our next warm beverage next week. Bye guys.